Hello. It's me. And me. Yay. Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Day 94, Eric. That is what day it is. We're going to read today. We're going to finish the book of 1 Samuel. So we're going to read 1 Samuel 31. Uh And we're going to read uh, into 2 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 2 to verse 9 today. Okay. Yeah. Be very interesting. Yeah, it will. Somebody gets attacked. Uh Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, here's a spoiler. It's Israel. It's always Israel. Hmm. Yeah, unless you're Abak. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and the, they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, hmm. and Malkishua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor bearer, take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt and torture me. But his armor bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor, when the armor bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died beside the king. So Saul, his three sons, his armor bearer, and his troops all died together that same day. When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley and beyond the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. Mm -hmm. I can't. Okay. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in their pagan temple and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of of the Ashtoreths, and they fastened his body to the wall of the city of Bethshan. But when the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled through the night to Beth, Bethshan and took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. They brought them to Jabesh, where they burned the bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath the tamarisk tree at Jabesh and fasted for seven days. Well, after the death of Saul, David returned from his victory over the Amalekites and spent two days in Ziklag. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's army camp. He had torn his clothes and put dirt on his head to show that this uh, he was mourning. He fell to the ground before David in deep respect, saying, Where have you come from? David asked. And I escaped from the Israelite camp, the man replied. What happened? David demanded. Tell me how the battle went. Well, the man replied, Our entire army fled from the battle. Many of the men are dead, and Saul and his son Jonathan are dead, are also dead. How did you know Saul and Jonathan are dead? David demanded of the young man. Well, the man answered, I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Saul leaning on a spear with the enemy chariots and charioteers closing in on him. When he turned and saw me, he cried out for me to come to him. How can I help? I asked him. He responded, Who are you? I'm an Amalekite, I told him. Then he begged me, Come over here and put me out of my misery, for I'm in terrible pain and want to die. So I killed him, <laughs> the Amalekite told David, for I knew he couldn't live. Then I took his crown and his armband, and I brought them here to you, my lord. David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. They mourned and wept and fasted all day for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the Lord's army and the nation of Israel, because they had died by the sword that day. Then David said to the young man who had brought the news, Where are you from? And he replied, I'm a foreigner and a Malachite who lives in your land. Why were you not afraid to kill the Lord's anointed one? David asked. Then David said to one of his men, Kill him! So the man thrust his sword into the Amalekite and killed him. You have condemned yourself, David said, for you yourself confessed that you killed the Lord's anointed. Then David composed a funeral song for Saul and Jonathan, and he commanded that it be taught to the people of Judah. 
It is known as the Song of the Bow, and it is recorded in the book of Jashar. Your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice, and the pagans will laugh in triumph. O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, no fruitful fields producing offerings of grain. For there the shield of the mighty heroes was defiled. The shield of Saul will no longer be anointed with oil. The bow of Jonathan was powerful, and the sword of Saul did mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies and pierced the body of the mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. They were together in life and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Israel, weep for Saul, for he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing, in garments decorated with gold. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother Jonathan. Oh, how I have loved you, and how your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. After this, David asked the Lord, Should I move back to one of the towns of Judah? Yes, the Lord replied. Then David asked, Which town should I go? To Hebron. To Hebron, the Lord answered. David's two wives were Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel. So David and his wives and his men and their families all moved to Judah, and they settled in the villages near Hebron. Then the men of Judah came to David and anointed him king over the people of Judah. When David heard that the men of Jabesh-Gilead had buried Saul, he sent them this message. May the Lord bless you for being loyal to your master Saul and giving him a decent burial. May the Lord be loyal to you in return and reward you with unfailing love. And I too will reward you for what you have done. Now that Saul is dead, I ask you to be my strong and loyal subjects like the people of Judah, who have anointed me as their new king. But Abner, son of Ner, the commander of Saul's army, had already gone to Mahanaim with Saul's son Ishbosheth. There he proclaimed Ishbosheth, king over Gilead, Jezreel, Ephraim, Benjamin, the land of the Asherites, and all the rest of Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old. What? Is that it? I think that's it, Eric. Oh, man. That was free. 2 9? Free of charge. That extra reading, yeah, okay. I think you're right. Okay. That extra reading was free of charge. charge. We won't charge you guys for that. Okay, yeah, that was a quick reading today, Eric. Yeah. Wow. That was. Mm hmm. Cool. Okay. It was so quick that I just wanted to keep going. You just wanted to keep going. I did. And that's fine. But we'll be able to do it tomorrow. David is indiscriminate with these killings, man. I think he, David and I are just on a different page with who we want to kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right, anyway. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so I I started laughing. You did start laughing. Because it was like a rhyme. When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley and beyond the Jordan saw that the Israel ar- Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. It sounded like oh, Dr. Seuss. And I I gotcha. It was just funny. It was funny to yeah. me. Not the content. The content no, was not no, funny. Content, no, it's very serious. But that... Okay, so we're answering, Grow up, Chip. we're answering two questions today. <laughs> What's to say about God? What's to say about us? And we do some sort of application. Yeah. Um, you know, David really takes this Lord's anointed one very seriously. Yes. And I think that's why you maybe disagree with a little bit on this. I know. It's fun. Well, I don't agree with it. <laughs> I know. I, I don't you. agree that Saul was the Lord's anointed. Yeah. Right. right. That's but the thing. For I some reason, reason, David really felt strongly. And he's in on that. He and I are going to sit and talk about. This it. This is from God. He's from God. He's going to respect that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a book I read many years ago. Very helpful. I'll tell two kings. I might have it somewhere, or I might have lent it out to another pastor. 
but it's how not to uh, no, not yet. Uh, it's how to respect God's anointed one. Mm. You know, and in this this case, it's it's Saul, David respecting Saul, um, and, and giving him to God. And in, in our case, it's you know respecting another pastor or someone over us, a leader, a church leader mm. over us that God has anointed or called to that position. Mm. And in, in wanting to, you know, and because I, I, many years ago I wrestled with this and uh, it was a very helpful book. So I, I kind of get it, um, but it, it is a big deal for David. And he just, and that was his conviction. Exactly. He stood by yeah. it and he didn't waver from it. And he wouldn't just get in his poor guy, forget the guy's name, this foreigner, an Amalekite, right? He kind of lied about it. <laughs> He's like, what I did it. What a dummy. He wants the glory. And they like, okay, I'll give you glory. Whoa, that's the Lord's anointed. So, the Lord's anointed um, was a it was a big deal, and David had that conviction. I respect the conviction, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I think there's something about that. So that's a big deal to God, big deal to David, and uh, yeah, I think it should be a big deal to us. I have absolutely no problem with that conviction. I know you don't. It's the fact of Saul being the anointed one right. that I disagree with. Yeah, you know, and even to the point where I don't know if it was yesterday. It must have been yesterday. We read. And it said, I didn't kill you even though the Lord gave you to me. Yeah. But he was once anointed. Right. But the Lord gave him to yeah, him. Yeah. Like, like, David takes it so far. And then he kills this dude for killing Saul, who was dying. Yeah. Which isn't what happened, right? But, Saul killed himself. But he was the Lord's anointed. I know, but you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, like, I just have... I get it. I think David's just all over the place, man. Yeah. And I think that, like... Like, we know that David has this penchant towards violence, obviously. You know, he's a great man. I'm not taking that away. He has this penchant towards violence, but this hesitation with Saul that I can't explain. David says the anointed thing. I, I just don't see it. But but I'm not disagreeing with Scripture. I, I mean, it's, it is You're what it is. You're just wrestling yeah, with that. Yeah, that's I get all. It. I, that's I all. Um, appreciate that. You know, but what does this tell us about us, man? I think it tells us a couple of things. One... Uh, you're not doing yourself any favors by embellishing your stories. That's that's one, right? Oh man, that's true. You know, as 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 Hannah and I have been together for a while, like I have a lot of crazy stories in my life, mm-hmm. and I'll tell her the stories, and she's like, "You don't have to make stuff up. Like you don't have to do that. Like oh. like you've already got me. You know, oh, like okay. those kinds of things." Yeah. And then somehow, some way, someone will come along and validate the story. Yeah. And she'll be like, I can't believe that that was true. Yeah. Right? You don't do yourself any favors by investing. I, I had someone validate my Spotlight 88 story. <laughs> they fact, fact check me. You can Google it. It's there. Absolutely. I cannot believe that that place gets two shouts out on our... Oh, man. Anyway. Uh, it was so an answer to prayer that God crushed it. So that's one. And then the yeah. other one, I think, is that um, that death. Yeah. Death really puts in perspective... Our, um, our our opinions of other people, right? Like David's, David says some really nice things about Saul, even though Saul haunted him for years, right? Mm-hmm. Like how beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan, right? Like their, Saul's death kind of puts in focus for David kind of like this idea of, okay, I'm not in danger anymore. I can actually fully forgive and even honor Saul in his death. And that's something that I've kind of gone through, man. Like, I had a really rough time in high school. And there are lots of people from my high school. I got beat up by this kid one time. And he died of a heroin overdose like three years ago. And, you know, like, if I had seen him before that, I hope that I would have been kind and whatever toward him. But, Mm. man, the fact that he's gone and that eternity is now 
his dwelling place, and I don't think that he was a believer. I have no reason to think he is or was. He is now. Uh, I had no reason to think he was. You know, like that really put in perspective of like, man, no matter how how hard on us people are in this lifetime, like like everyone's going to die. And, and when that happens, you can't affect any change in that relationship. And so even if they're your enemies, I think that's why it's so merciful toward us that Jesus says, love your enemies. Right? That's good for us, not just our enemies. It's good for our enemies. Yeah. It's good for us to love our enemies. And so I just see that here with, with David. I don't know how to say it succinctly. Maybe exactly that, that loving our enemies is healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that death really kind of pulls that out, draws that forward mm-hmm. for us to really see it. But Sure. Yeah. So I don't know how to combine those two things, but that's... Well, I just think about, you know, I just appreciate his convictions. Yeah, you know, I do too. That was his mm-hmm. convictions. And, and I think there's some, there's some, there's a lesson there. There's an application there, you know, you know, that we should have a conviction like Jesus tells us to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, that should be a conviction and yeah. love them and and uh, we don't have to like be best friends with them. Yeah. But uh, I think we need that conviction and we should have that conviction. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. I think that's so true. Um, living out your convictions. Yeah. You know, the whole wrestling, struggling with that, whatever. I can't take away from David that he lived by his conviction, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a lot to say about that. And. And how beneficial that is for us when when we know what the Bible says and yeah. and beyond what the Bible says. Like this conviction deal goes beyond that, right? The New Testament talks about things that, that we're free to do, but maybe your conscience won't allow you to do. I think that you have to be true to that. And like you said, live by your convictions, even mm-hmm. when it's hard. Mm-hmm. And um, even when it, it, it kind of drains the life out of you. I mean, David was on the run for like eight years. Mm-hmm. And he could have ended that sure. chase and he didn't, so... Yeah, I think live by your convictions. Okay. I think that that's great. That's great. You're great. Thank you. Everybody's great. Oh, well, suddenly I feel a lot less special. Well, we if everyone's great. Love our enemies. Then what's the Eric. point of saying that anyone's great? <laughs> hey, you guys have a great day. <laughs> great day. Great day in the morning. Great. All right, Eric, enough of that. What day is it, April 4th? No, it's not April 4th. It's April the 4th. <laughs> oh, how could I have been so stupid? I feel so dumb it's now. It's not April 4th. It's April 4th. <laughs> April 4th. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If it was May 4th, we would say... No. <laughs> we'll wait till we that We would one. say happy late birthday